Let's welcome everybody out to episode uh, 47 of Utah in the Weeds. My name is Chris Hollifield. And I'm Tim Pickett, medical cannabis, uh, I guess, expert, medical provider, PA. You're the expert, and, Tim. You are the yeah, expert. Might as, might as well just lean into that. Pot doc. <laughs> Is that what they, they call me on the news? I love that. Pot doc. Uh, you can find us at uh, utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. All of our episodes are up there. They can listen right there online. It's great. I mean, a lot of people don't even know how to listen to podcasts. Well, it's like, just go to utahmarijuana.org slash podcast. Listen right there. Sweet. And today we have Blake Silva. He's a pharmacy agent from uh, Beehive Pharmacy. Has a really cool story. Got into cannabis and uh, kind of famous has been on the news. Yeah. He was talking about some protests that he's kind of helped lead and, and kind of upset, you know, about the home grow here in Utah, as it seems like a lot of people. I know Bob Waters was the same way, you know, on like right. what was that, last week or the week before we had him on. And so it's interesting to kind of see these people's drive and what motivates them and then their involvement currently in the uh, cannabis industry. It's interesting with Blake, too, to watch his progression through the industry as an activist, then getting involved with, uh, you know, companies here and moving along this path where he's he really does have a drive to learn. And I, I like that part of our discussion. You know, as far as housekeeping goes, we have just want to let everybody know that Wholesome has included uh, home delivery now to many more counties. And so if you're a patient out there in one of the rural counties, you know, you could, uh, if you don't want to drive all the way up here, especially with the snow we've seen recently, you know, Wholesome's offering that. Uh, so I think patients need to know that update. And we got to mention our show next week. We didn't even mention our live Ooh, show. That's right. We got to mention. Okay. So our one year anniversary for this podcast is basically going on right now. I mean, we started the end of February last year. Anyways, we're going to do a live podcast recording. You can go to uh, utahmarijuana.org's Facebook page or Utah in the Weeds Facebook page. I'm sure we're going to stream in other outlets as well, but we're going to yeah. uh, try to do a little Facebook live. Hopefully, I'm going to try to get it on like even Twitter and Instagram if possible, but no guarantees there. Uh, but Next we, week, yeah. Friday the 26th, right? On 26, 11 o'clock. 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So depending on where you're at in the world, you can tune in and check it out. We should have it available that you can, you know, uh, call in, leave a message. Now, if you're listening, let's say you're listening right now and you aren't available to watch it, but you want to leave us a voice message, you can do that on our voicemail number. Nobody will ever pick this number up or this the phone up if it rings. Just call the voicemail number, leave a message, let us know what you think of the podcast, maybe your favorite episode over the last year. Maybe you had a favorite person we had on and you just want to let us know. Our voicemail number is 385-215-9557. Give that a call. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll, we'll play that on that episode, right, Tim? With the, with yeah, the, uh, absolutely. We'll play it on the episode. So. I real, I'm excited about this because we have some multiple guests uh, so let's share coming who's on, on the show. Tell, tell, tell the people who's going to be there. Should we share who's, who's yeah, scheduled let's to come share. on? We've got J.D. Lauritsen, the leafy lawyer, who's been featured in uh, Salt Lake City's uh, you know, upcoming release of their episode. David Sutherland, He was on episode two. One. On, well, patient yep. one, episode two of, of Utah in the Weeds. Of ours, great guy. And uh, Cole Fulmer, right? Yeah, Cole Fulmer from Salt Lake City. From Salt Lake City. I'm excited to talk to him, too, because he's got some updates on what's happened over the whole year. He's been really involved. Um, so this it should be a good episode, Chris. Let's jump into that conversation with Blake Silva. Thank you so much for tuning in. You guys uh, have a great day. 
I wouldn't mind even going back with Blake, like his, how he got introduced to cannabis, how cannabis came into his life. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Blake, you look young. So, so what's up? What's up with cannabis in your so, life? So, actually, I hate to be that guy and say that my mom kind of was an influence to me, but I'm definitely a mama's boy in a way of she led me into the cannabis world like super hard. A little backstory on that. Uh, my mom, uh, she had a brain tumor when I was about like three or four years old. Um, she was diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia and fibromyalgia. Uh, yeah. Fibromyalgia. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, and yeah, she was, she was basically bedridden for like 16 years of my life and I didn't really actually get to know her. And then she tried cannabis for the first time and she was able to function and it was mind blowing for me. I like, it was like eye opening to me, like that this plant, the simple plant that the government has been telling me since dare, since I was in elementary school. Oh yeah. Like did that to my, for my mom and gave her that power to like fight at the Capitol and like do all these crazy insane things in the cannabis industry to give patients access and stuff. And that kind of drive, I was, I was like, you know what? This, this plant is something I need to be in the industry. I need to provide great medicine for patients or, give them great advice because I know it was scary for my first time when I tried cannabis, but uh, I had a great teacher and stuff. So, Wow, that's really cool. And talk talk about how you got involved because you've, you're pretty involved in the cannabis space now, right? I guess I kind of like started getting involved with uh, Prop 2. I kind of like helped my mother, Christine Stenquist, uh, with the bill, I know she was, it was like a baby bill at the time and she was so excited for it and I was super hyped for it, but I had no idea what actually was going on. And, uh, and then after the compromise happened with the prop two, then I was like, wait, people can just do that. People can just like disregard everything you worked for and throw stuff in. And then I got angry and decided to lead a prop two protest up at the Capitol with a bunch of Facebook members. I think this was like 2018. It was like super cold too. It was like November or December and it was like snowing and everyone still showed up and everything. We had our little prop two signs and then we stuck them in the Capitol on their lawn and stuff. And we were so proud of ourselves and Fox News showed up and recorded all of us and they're impressed by it. But I think ever since that point, I met great people like Nate Kazarian and like a whole bunch of other people like Spencer McCann and stuff in the community that just have spread my name around or just show appreciation towards my involvement with the prop two and stuff and with my mom, especially. So now, now to back up a little bit, you were mentioning you didn't really know what was going on with prop two. Like when your mom was kind of heading that up is mm -hmm. it, it talk about that a little bit more. You just didn't realize like what your mom was fighting. I didn't for realize or? how much, how much access patients had, how much we were given the opportunity. For example, like four plants you were able to, grow at home with the original with the original yeah, with the original, the original yeah, yeah, yeah. to the past by the by the population right? mm -hmm. i think if a lot more patients realized all the access that we had in the original there would have been a lot more backlash from the public on this compromise bill but that's just my personal opinion i would have to agree probably with you i think a lot of the problem is people just it was hard to kind of keep up with the whole thing of really what was even mm -hmm. going on yeah, I I tend to agree, Chris and, and Blake. And I was thinking about how much 
we may have lost in prop two and into the compromise, for example, the four plants, this comes up a lot in our discussions. And at the same time, we know now so much more about cannabis, you know, than even we did a couple of years ago. And so it's hard to know what we could have done then to make that better. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so Blake, you, you, so you've kind of led a protest angry that prop two didn't pass as originally was planned to right Mm -hmm. i was more like angry that uh the church stepped in and just kind of played a a role into it in a way even though they say they didn't they definitely played a role with the legislators and stuff i just heard a lot from all fronts and it just upset me how we're like the only state that doesn't have a separation of church and, and state and there are some patients here that really need this medicine and they just want to baby us. It's like, it's like that funny meme that goes around instead of uh, Utah life elevated, it's Utah life regulated. So they, they just love to baby you in a way that I think we're adults enough to allow patients to have access to this great medicine. And we have such knowledgeable people here that we can provide great education, but they just want to shut us down in ways and not even hear our end. I think that's where my frustration branches from. So what happened at this this protest that you uh, led against Prop 2? Did anything happen from it? Nothing, nothing really happened. We weren't really violent. We just started at the actual uh, Mormon Capitol conference at the temple, basically. And we mm-hmm. marched all the way up to the Capitol uh, with our Prop 2 signs and uh, pretty much just staked it in the Capitol's lawn. And we took a bunch of photos and I guess we just left our signs there and we just wanted them to hear us. We did a little of uh, chanting and whatnot up front just for the Prop 2 bill and stuff. And then that's when Fox News showed up and started interviewing us and whatnot. That's cool. So how are you involved now? I mean, because now you've you've gotten right involved in the in like with Beehive Pharmacy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think ever since that protest, uh, my drive just kept on increasing. I started doing schooling out of state at the Tricome Institute in Colorado. Uh, Max Montrose is the owner of that institute, and he is so knowledgeable. What What is this institute? It's like, a, is it something to do with cannabis? It, it definitely. Um, it has everything to do with the Tricome heads off of cannabis. Uh, basically, I got certification as a certified cannabis sommelier, which means I could smell a flower or uh, look at a flower and tell you what effects it would give you or tell you what kind of terpenes are on that flower head just by smelling it, which I think is great. That is so nifty. It's like a party trick. <laughs> it is. It is. People get excited over that. and But I'm still learning. It's kind of tricky out there because there's a lot of terpenes that are similar to each other. So I'm always learning more and that's getting me excited. So I didn't really stop once I got my certification at the Tricome Institute. Uh, I actually just barely started uh, schooling at Green Flower, uh, which is an extraction school, because I think I want to be an extraction tech. I want to start making good carts for Utah, because I feel like our cart game in Utah really needs some work. Really? Yes, I've seen now, it. Now, you've it's, been involved since the beginning. You worked, you haven't always worked at Beehive, right? No, yeah. I worked up at uh, Perfect Earth over in Ogden for a little bit there. I think that was the beginning of the summer of last year. And they were great. True North, Perfect Earth, man, they were they were fantastic and whatnot. Um, 
they've run out of flour. That's all I can say. But uh, other than that, you know, they are a great company. Uh, they really put forth for their employees. But the second I heard that Bijan was opening up Beehive and his goals and aspirations, I knew that I had to jump ship and go to Beehive. It was just he really cared for the patients and it sounded like he had intentions to providing great cheap medicine for the patients or just great variety, which is I want to work for a company that does that for the patients. So what's been the hardest thing for you working in like a, a pharmacy uh, or has there been any like obstacles? Like, cause I'm sure you deal with a lot of patients, mm -hmm. right? They come in, they kind of are expressing things they're dealing with, mm -hmm. uh, with maybe even the laws. Uh, I know this is a very vague question, but I'm just kind of curious what kind of obstacles you've seen or run into, uh, day to day working so many, so much with the patients there like that. Um, I think, uh, it has a lot to do with quality. That's the f number one thing patients tell me is when is things going to get cheaper and or better quality here? Uh, and all I can tell them is that we're, this is a baby co program. We just barely started and we've been active for like not even two years. Give it like a few more years and I'm sure we'll be like out of state programs and whatnot. Uh, some of these companies are trying way hard to supply medicine for us, like trike and whatnot. They, they have been single-handedly supplying flour to most of these dispensaries when no one else has. And then people will just light them up saying that their flour is just not as good, but, uh, we, we're still getting there. And another thing is the carts here. Uh, I don't know what it is, but every cart at, uh, almost every dispensary, there's issues from this is me coming from perfect earth to beehive to actually look going down to Curaleaf and seeing what's going on with Curaleaf's cards or Dragonfly's cards. Because I know portable medicine for patients is also very important, uh, like my mom, because like she'll get attacks on the go and stuff and she'll need to hit a cart. But some of the carts in Utah, it's like it's like the strength is getting taken out and stuff. And I just don't know. I don't know what's behind it all. And that's why that's why I want to get my hand in the door and see if I can change anything or become the better cart distributor in utah if that's mm -hmm. an opportunity for me that's interesting have you have you heard much about any of that tim any complaints from patients or anything well you know there's this it it does seem like there's a little bit of drama around the carts there was some discussion around mct oil being added to the carts and how much of that right we talked to kyle egbert about this and oh yeah and dragonfly has removed their mct oil and or maybe never even put it in, and and Zion is taking it out of their carts as well. And then there's so MCT is no longer a part of the the carts, right? With so that's a good thing. The second thing I've, you know, there's more and more information about cannabinoids that are in those vape cartridges and cannabis derived uh, derivatives of cannabinoids. So like this Delta-8 versus Delta-9, how much Delta-8 is in the cart when cannabis doesn't produce a lot of Delta-8 on its own. So it does seem like there's there's some information there that needs to be, like we need to get into it a little bit more. So, yes. you know, I tend to agree. You feel like that's, I'm on the right path it's there, It's super Blake? frustrating, yeah, especially when you have older uh, folk come in and they spent so much on a cartridge and sometimes it's not even down to what's inside the cartridge. It's actual functionality of the cartridge itself. The companies will go skimpy on these carts and they won't end up leaking all over the place or just not working for the patients. And it, man, I just share their frustration on it. And I just wish I can 
this is this is the only way I can get the word out is just by letting you guys know that and there's just issues that these pacers are expressing about the carts that they almost feel like they have to go back to black market because these cart like certain products here are just not not there yet. So and I want to be able to make patients trust the pharmacies that they go to 100% because I want this to succeed here. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. If you're if your cart, it's not only the medicine, right? Mm-hmm. If it just doesn't work, if you, you can't screw on that thread, drop it into a battery, and and have it work have it until the until the material's gone, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Depressing at that point. Yeah, and that's stuff that I wasn't really aware of that they're having so much that that was a, a bigger issue maybe than we had we had talked about. Can before. pharmacies take returns back? I mean, I, I guess is that something that. Yes. So some pharmacies won't actually, but as far as I know, Beehive will take returns back uh, and they'll actually swap you out for a brand new cart or credit you towards something else, which is so nice. I'm so glad that they do that because that's great customer service. That's tough on patients. I mean, you go drop, you know, 50, 80 bucks on a cart and then it doesn't work. I mean, that could be the rest of your money until the next payday. And yeah, really and you're just holding on to it. And it's just that feeling. I'm sure everyone's held that feeling of I can't use my medicine. It's right here. And oh, yeah. you just feel terrible. And I don't want people to go through that. That's awful. Yeah. And we had talked to Bijan when we talked to him on the on on the other episode about um, some products that you know they're developing when where they have metered dose. Oh yeah, um, and and changing the the inhalation method. But again, I think those things are probably a year away from yeah. being available. I'm right? excited for that. Yeah, you're right. Can I switch gears and talk? Because carts are going to be a part of this question in this migraine thing. Can mm-hmm. we talk a little bit about? You had mentioned that you you have migraines and. There's a lot of, like, we've been discussing this a ton in our clinics, not only migraine headaches and how cannabis can help for migraine pain, but also cannabis causing headaches. So Blake, talk to me about your migraines and cannabis. I actually was curious on this because I've had migraines since I was like uh, 10 or 11 for some reason. And I would, uh, they would get so bad that I would just be like nauseated and be in the bathroom lights would set me off i'd be out for like a day or two and uh my mom would try to tell me that it might be chronic from some of the stuff she got from the trigeminal neuralgia and whatnot i was like nah i don't think there's got to be something else so i actually went and did some blood work and an ekg and stuff and my ekg came back positive and i actually have a hole in my heart that directs too much blood flow to my head Um, so I get, when pressure fronts come in, I just get destroyed by these migraines and cannabis actually, it's like the only thing that can take these migraines away in like seconds, like 15 seconds, 10 seconds. Like you take, I take some Tylenol or like ibuprofen and stuff and I just can't handle it. My stomach gets nauseated. I just start throwing up, but cannabis, it's just like the the pain is gone like instantly and if you suffer from migraines, it, you cannot express how amazing it is because the grief from migraines is just unreal. So you're using in, inhaled. Are you using cartridges or flour? Um, honestly, flour is the best. I actually own a volcano. Uh, I like filling up a bag and keeping my medicine in the bag next to me if I'm like next to the toilet or something. 
So I'm not in like a rush to smoke something, but cartridges are the next best thing because you don't, you're not like have a limited time, like with some of these vape uh, devices, which frustrates me because some of these patients, they'll be in an attack and they can't take their medicine instantly. And so that will burn in an oven, like one of these Da Vinci's or something else. And their product will be wasted or something. This is just little things that I've noticed with my mom. Like I'm comparing other patients to this pain that my mom has experienced and stuff. So Volcano, I cannot praise it enough. The fact that you can hold your medicine in the bag and just take sips of it a little bit at a time and get your medicine through that. Oh, it's a brilliant product. Yeah, no, I, I love I love my Volcano. So I know, yes. I know Tim hears I, I it almost every week too, you know, when I talk mm-hmm. about that thing. Yeah. So to, have you ever had cannabis induce a headache? I have had that before and I was totally confused until I actually did schooling at my trichoma institute and found out it probably could be one of two things. Uh, thing one, number one could be Delta eight. Uh, I feel like, uh, it is a phytocannabinoid and it's just less psychotropic affecting. When I smoke some of the Delta 8 carts and I know it's a Delta 8 cart, I get like a back of the head high, but I don't actually get high. And I sit there trying to chase a high. And then I notice a slight stabbing headache starting to appear. So that could be one of the things. But I also notice that I'm going to break this down for you. So there's actually no such thing as a straight sativa or a straight indica. Everything is indica indica. Because through generations, we've just colonized and breeded the plant so intensely that there's no straight sativa in it. But there is a narrow leaf or a broadleaf plant. The broadleaf plants are the indica-based plants, and the narrow leaf are the sativa. But narrow leaf is actually more close to hemp. So I feel like the sativa or hemp-based plants could be also giving you a headache as well. Because we don't know a lot of information based off of it so but those are my two. so you've uh, now i didn't i didn't prep this question before but you've you've said exactly what we're t- we talk about with patients and that mm-hmm. is that and and then we could talk about this delta eight thing too but i think in in our experience is the sativa type terpenes and derivatives tend to stimulate headaches like cannabis induced headaches more and you pointed in your, like, we're watching you on the video here, and you pointed to the side of your head. And people get this side of the head headache. Oh, those are the worst. Mm-hmm. It's so bad. It feels like a knife is stabbing your head or something, and it's it's splitting almost. Um, yeah. Uh, now, I, the Delta 8, I don't know if you could, you could talk about this too, but um, in your experience is, mm-hmm. do you think those, the Delta 8 products in the market now tend to be sativa? Yeah, like the carts, right? right? Mm-hmm. They, they tend to have those sativa um, terpenes. And so we've been um, kind of adjusting the recommendations to increase indica type delivery system, like indica type mm-hmm. products when people get headaches from the. For sure. Definitely more of those broadleaf. Right? Yes, more of those broadleaf plants, more indica dominant plants, because uh, I feel like. The, the narrow leaf, the sativa, the high energy protein, uh, terpenes and stuff, they're mm-hmm. just too hempy of plants. And it causes headaches to get like that full spectrum into the cart and stuff. I wish I knew more past it, but that's why I'm doing this school. So I could know like a hundred percent through trial and error. 
No, I, I mean, I think it's just, it's important to just talk to people because there's not a ton of studies on this. Mm-hmm. And so really we're just getting our information from, from patients. Word of right? mouth is the best. Right. Like if it works for you there, I mean, there's a legit in medicine. If it works for you, it's actually more likely to work for me just because I heard it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's weird how it works that yeah. way, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's weird how human, the human physiology works that way. Yeah, it does. And everyone's kind of different. You know, you're your own doctor at this point. So a lot of trial and error has to happen with some patients. Um, right. That's what I tell them every time too. If this gives you a headache, okay, let's switch gears and try to do something more like this. Cause I guarantee you this one won't give that other person a headache because they love that stuff. So it's, it's really difficult to figure out why this said person gets a headache from this and why this other person won't. So I want to know the science behind that. Does Utah law and, and like beehive and all of these other pharmacies, are they pretty, is it pretty restrictive as far as how much advice you can give the patient? It is. Because you're, you know, like you're not the, the pharmacist, Mm -mm. you're not the QMP. So how does that affect your job when you kind of, I mean, you're really an expert. Yeah. It it affects it hard. Uh, I want to give people like such great advice because of my schooling. Like I want to like ask them what their issue is and like go into high detail of their background stuff. But I know that that's reserved for the pharmacist and I probably don't know as much and I, as I could know. And I think the state is just worried that I could guide someone in the wrong direction in cannabis and potentially mess them up. But I can guarantee that to this day, I have not seen someone completely quote unquote messed up from cannabis. And it's like a lot of trial and error. Like I go back to saying. So if you, if you can't give patients advice, my question is, is how many of these patients are getting the help they need from their QMPs. I mean, and, and, and I guess mm-hmm. the three of us, we won't really truly know that because I know Tim helps his patients, you know, but I know a lot of people out there don't help their patients and not because they don't want to, it's just because they're probably not as educated as they should be. Yeah. And I think that's where it's hard is because the QMPs provide great information, like such good information, but the they only get to see them like once or twice and then they don't ever see them. They just go to the dispensary and then they talk to the pharmacist at the dispensary, which the pharmacist, no offense to dispensaries and whatnot, but the pharmacist sees patients every hour, all day. It's, it's becomes like more of a monotonous drony thing. And so they don't get like a hundred percent every time in a way. I assure you that we do try to give it a hundred percent every time, but sometimes they need a little more questions answered because we do get a line of patients at the door that we have to help. So that's where I like to come in handy or I like to be the extra backup pharmacist or pharmacy agent. I feel like I need to have knowledge on what I'm selling to patients. That's super important. Um, so then I start asking a few key questions without overriding the pharmacist's uh, suggestion. I just give my two bits on educational things that they ask me. It really does require a a whole team approach. I mean, you say, you know, a lot of these, the QMPs are giving good information, but I don't know. I, and I'm biased, of course, with our, you know, our system. I get great stuff from you, but I agree. There are some QMPs that just want to make those sales and stuff. And it's hard because there's a lot of snake oil salesmen in Utah, (laughs) whether it be. I mean, come on in. I'll just give you the state max Mm -hmm. and you're good. You qualify. You can go buy four ounces of flour, do whatever you want. Exactly. They just have like a stack And then what about this? 
you know, then we have this whole new thing. Do you have an opinion about letting non-educated providers write for 15 cards? Have you heard about this? Yeah. And I, I feel like I strongly disagree like that for that because there's been people like you and me that have fought so hard to get where we are and or to get patients access and stuff. And we don't want the, the street people where like the, you know, street life to come into the medical life like instantly. We want to keep things clean. We want the state to see that we can have a respectable program and whatnot. So yes, I agree. I want to push those people out and they need to be brought to light for sure. Yeah. And I, and I just think also people need to be educated, you know, before they are recommending this as a treatment because cannabis is strong. It is strong. I mean, I think we all three agree. We love it. Yeah. Right. But it it's not weak medicine. Mm-mm. To us, it's like a cup of coffee. To someone else, it could be completely different. So everybody reacts right. differently with it. That's mm-hmm. the that's the best part, in my opinion, but also the scariest part for some people because they yeah. don't mm-hmm. know how they're going to react. Mm-hmm. And I think that builds up the anxiety for cannabis. Honestly, is they keep on overthinking it, and the mind is a powerful thing, and you overthinking can build that anxiety and make the cannabis kind of a worse experience for you. So if you go in with a calm and cool personality or just mindset, you you should be able to be fine in any situation. So Blake, are you doing anything currently to push like growing in Utah? Like I know you did the mm-hmm. back to the beginning when we were talking you were doing some protests. Are you doing anything currently or or even I mean maybe this is even a question for Tim even uh, and I know, again, we've probably talked about this, but when can we bring that back up to Capitol Hill and say, hey, we want growing here in Utah. Let's make this happen. Mm. Is that only a once a year thing that we can present? Like, because I know they only meet for about 45 days up on the hill, blah, blah, blah. Is that, I mean, mm. let, let's, when can we get growing what here do you, in Utah? What do you think, Blake? Because I, I, I know what I think. Yeah, I did hear rumors and stuff going around that uh, they were going to try to push another bill up. Uh, to allow growing again for patients who can't make it to dispensaries that are like incapacitated and stuff for any number of reasons, whether it be health or just like physical uh, or mental reasons. Or And there's another good point of this delivery system. Uh, you're, so if someone gets super stoned, I, let's say that they hypothetically joined the system, jumped all the hoops that they needed, and they just wanted to get weed and get, they were just too, too stoned to leave and they're so like delivery is perfect as opposed to the patient that is in so much pain and can't make it to the dispensary and needs that delivery some of these dispensaries don't care who is who they're, they're just wanting to deliver it so that person that just is stone, too stoned to go to the dispensary will be the first pick over the person that's in too much pain that's getting that small amount of uh, cannabis over Basically, what I'm saying is people with money are being a lot more targeted and valued in the industry as opposed to people that are actually needing this medicine and stuff. It's very it's very cutthroat from the start, it's feeling like, and that's not what we wanted uh, for sure. And that's not what a medical cannabis program should be. So, yeah, Well, we've talked about that. I think that was even with Bob Waters, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, Tim, Waters. I mean, was talking about... Mm-hmm. How only the, you know, the, the people with money and then it goes back to the lower income people tend to get kind of the shaft. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and that's, 
that's what I was going to say to this question, you know, really that Chris asked uh, you, Blake, is until the growers and the license holders have basically are going to allow home grow, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to get it because how do you get legislation passed in this day and age? Well, you hire a lobbyist, you yeah. know, you go up to Capitol Hill, you negotiate with the legislature, legislator, and that costs a lot of money. Does And the patients don't have a lot of money. The patients who need home grow, they don't have a lot of money. You know, the medical providers, mm-hmm. they we don't have a really great organization. The Utah Medical Association is really not pro-cannabis, mm-hmm. so they don't really support us yeah. in this it's all the expansion of the program. So I really do think the, you know, the little guy is going to get left out for a while until those growers and those... Um, you know, kind of let it, let it go. By probably reaching max capacity, unfortunately, because I know that's I think one of the so. stipulations. Like Bob Waters said, though, like in our interview before, revenue is fuel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've got to, unfortunately, until there's enough of that in the system, that, that there's excess. And that's what I tell people. It will get grow. better in like a year or two. Like things will get so much better because some of these grows, they're pers- – they're increasing their growth by like 400% and stuff like that. That's huge. And there's going to be just so much access to flour for all these patients and the prices will drop down tremendously. So um, it's coming. I just feel like we need to refine it a little, like these card things and our edibles here need work. Because if you take the same kind of like edible, like these Huga edibles, like every day for a while, you're going to build a tolerance to it. I don't care who you are. It's just your body will get used to you taking that. So you need variety. I just feel like gummies aren't going to work always in Utah and stuff like that. So um, we do need out-of-state influence, like shatter-infused things and uh, drinks and suckers and stuff. But that's just my opinion. I hope that that gets pushed at the Capitol as well because I would be so excited to see that here. Yeah, I I totally agree. We need more more variety. And I I can see there's going to be... By the end of the year, there's going to be quite mm-hmm. a bit of flour in mm-hmm. the market, right? Yeah. With all these guys, other than basically trike supporting the whole market right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys heard about the out-of-state companies coming into Beehive or not, but sure, biscuits and cookies coming in from California into Beehive, probably around March or April, uh, they're going to bring a lot of product with them and or genetics to grow here. So that is super excited. I or exciting. I don't know how they are able to pull that off, but uh, that's something that the state of Utah needs is out-of-state influence, not just from certain growers trying to make money off things, like actually trying to get quality medicine inside. Yeah, I know with with uh, cookies, that's a super popular strain for pain. <laughs> it is the most popular that I know of strain for pain, Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. So having that here would be would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now is Beehive offering delivery yet? Have they? Uh, have they? Started oh yeah, no, that's delivery? coming soon. Uh, I think they're waiting on their Brigham store to okay. open before they have delivery available. So, and they had to push the Brigham store a couple times just because of the state, which is another frustrating thing. Because I think Park City was trying to open as well. Yeah, and I think Park City. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not 100, percent but I think Park City is now open. Is it? Um, yep, it's in Kimball oh, Junction, nice. Deseret Wellness. They opened on 
uh, last week. Okay. Uh, no, Chris, they opened this week. Yeah, because they were supposed to open last week, and I think they had to push it out. And but if they're open now, that's great. But it takes a long time to get these to get these things done. Mm-hmm. And there are not very many card holders in Summit County, and I'm sure there are not very many card holders up in Brigham City. Mm-hmm. I wonder that's why there's true. not very many up in Summit. You would think there would be a ton up there. Yeah, you would think, but the last report from the Department of Health only showed 200 cardholders in Summit County. I mean, that is not very many wow. at all. It's not enough to support a pharmacy or a dispensary yeah. for sure. I wonder, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, because I was curious. I, I I haven't tried the delivery yet. I was just wondering how difficult that delivery is to get product or, you know, uh, like let's say somebody lives in a far out there. Let's say Delta, Utah. I know that's kind of far out there. Oh, yes. So I mean, uh, what does somebody do if they can they can they call up like one of these delivery places? Like, will they be able to call up Beehive and then you'll drive it down to them, Blake? Or do they? I mean, how does that work? Should be able to. Like, I'm curious on that, too. Yeah, you probably don't know all the answers either. I I know I know a couple places are doing delivery, but I was just curious. Yeah. Wholesome Wholesome delivers in Mm -hmm. Carbon County, Duchesne County, Uwinna County, Iron, Washington. Uh, They opened up delivery just as of this week for all of those rural counties, uh, which is pretty impressive. And it's nice. You know, to to get people their medicine, they do have some coupon codes that people can use uh, for those deliveries. I know Wholesome was offering free delivery for their first, you know, first delivery free to let people try it, see how it worked. We have an article on utahmarijuana.org where you can get that coupon code um, and we send it out to our patients. But that is a long way away to mm-hmm. deliver from here. Well, I mean, that's like an all day trip. That's what I'm wondering. Like one delivery yeah. driver might only be able to take one delivery to a patient that day, depending on where they need to go. I, that's what I'm wondering how it all works. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I'm worried it might fail too, is if you're missing a driver and you're out doing a run at a long distance, uh, mm-hmm. how many drivers are you going to have for no orders coming in? Because I, mm-hmm. I work with a system called Dutchie where yeah. people can order online and we can hold it for 48 hours and whatnot. And I feel like even such a brilliant system as that, it has its flaws. Uh, I just don't know where these extra drivers are going to come from. You're going to need a lot of drivers because some of these people are going to really want uh, cannabis out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, maybe I need yeah, the furthest south, people job, here. Yeah. <laughs> right? The furthest south uh, dispensary in northern Utah is going to be in Payson. And then you're not going to have one again until Cedar City. Oh, and those geez. two, those wow. two pharmacies are going to have to service the entire central and eastern part of the state. There's nobody in Vernal, you know, Vernal, Moab, Blanding, none of that. Uh, I definitely want to ask to drive to Payson, wholesome, and see like how that. their delivery is doing so far because they've I'm only sure had it not, open. I'm sure not very well for now. <laughs> I think there's, you know, yeah, one order in Duchesne. That's a long <laughs> way. Got to drive to the middle of long. nowhere to get there. Yeah, and I know Dragonfly is trying to get their delivery started too. They probably have like a minimum and they probably have, you know, it's probably like 72 hours that they they probably can't guarantee same day Mm -hmm. and and all all that, you know, and then depending on where you are. Yeah, and we, you know, we've, Dragonfly is doing a really good job of trying to get involved in the community too. I've noticed that, yeah. You know, where they're downtown and... Uh, we've got a little partnership with them to to raise a little bit of money for a private school downtown and just 
just trying to get involved even in the local communities to let people know they're here. We still see patients, and I'll bet you do too, Blake. Don't mm. you see patients that are like, well, yesterday I didn't even know this was legal. Yeah, yeah, all <laughs> right? the time. Like a year later. Yeah, yeah, and it's so funny to me. Um, or people that have no experience at all with cannabis, and we still get that all the time, and that's just surprising to me, honestly, in this day and age, because I feel like cannabis has such a limelight right now, and it has the spotlight for sure from this country, but yet it's still being treated like a federal one substance, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I don't know. I mean, do you have any other questions for him, Tim, or should we get this episode wrapped up or anything else you want to bring up, Blake, before we wrap this episode up? I mean, I've had a great time getting to know your story a little bit and finding yeah, out I know. Can't what you got going anything. on. I think we kind of covered uh, most of the things of, of what you're involved in. and For sure. Yeah, uh, hopefully- this has been a fun conversation about kind of what we what we all think of the system and you know and what we're looking forward to for the next few months. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully next time you guys see me I'll work at Life Elevated. So that's my goal right now. Is to go work for Heal You. Oh, really? Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, cuz I know Justin stuff, so he's he's amazing. Heal why is that that sounds from Heal You. What Heal You? Mind? Yes, it is the carts um, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. My, I yeah. was like, I know, know what? Life my mind. shout out to those guys because they, they have an Indica cart that is very, very good. Relaxing. Oh yeah. The Gorilla Glue number four. Yep. The yeah. Gorilla Glue. It is, I, that product is top notch in my so opinion. Mm. And although it does, uh, I mean, I think the smell if I don't know, we need a rating system, Chris, on how we measure <laughs> products, right? Like, let's do it. Smell. Let's come up with some. Yeah, I'm gonna put the yeah, smell on the like lower that. end because the smellometer. It's, it smells like for me, it smells fine, but for you know, for people who don't like the cannabis smell, eh, it's not that great because it smells like cannabis. The gorilla it does. Glue. Right, like it tastes like cannabis too. It does. It tastes like cannabis. It (laughs) smells like cannabis, and Mm. a lot of people with carts don't like that. But that's true. Great. I think they do a great job in their their cart manufacturing, Um, and that product does not cause headaches, as far as I can tell. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Very relaxing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, good good quality product. I I would definitely endorse that product for sure. Well, cool. How can, can listeners, do you have like an Instagram or anything, Blake, that people can check? I mean, I don't know if you do any cannabis Instagram or do anything that people can connect with you there. Yes. It's at glowing Ploxy. Funny story behind that name. Uh, Ploxy was a strain I wanted to grow at some point. Um, just cause uh, I know quite a bit into non-glandular and glandular trichomes, which are basically there's no bulb at the end of the trichome they're just like a straight spike and uh, i just feel like there's potential in those trichomes i feel like you could probably make something new out of them glowing at glowing ploxy at glowing ploxy awesome so connect with blake there let him know you heard him on utah in the weeds podcast and yeah uh, go, go, by go. And, go by and see him at beehive pharmacy do we know the, what's the address of Beehive Pharmacy? Do we, I mean, I know it's right across the street from one of your clinics there, Tim, if you only know that address, but Blake probably knows Beehive's address. Yeah, I do know. It. It's a uh, 1991 South 3600 West. It's in Salt Lake, right yeah. down from the Del Taco and Maverick. So yeah, you'll see a the, big green sign. You can't miss it though. Give them a plug since you're on the podcast, I figure. And then your website's like Beehive Pharmacy with yes, an Yes, Beehive Pharmacy with mm-hmm. a... 
F with dot co. F. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you, they can go and, and put an order in, get their get their medicine right there from the website, pick it up. You guys take hyper and all. Oh that. yeah, it's great. You guys we take hyper through. We're super all- quick. We're so fast in drive through too. I don't like to boast yeah. or anything, but like, oh, I've seen how quick we are. We're just amazing. So <laughs> yeah, so these guys are good. They you get good advice down there. Yes, uh, for sure. All right. Well, cool. thank Thanks, you, Blake. Thank you You're so much, welcome. Blake. It's been it's been a pleasure. Let's catch up down the road, buddy. Thanks for having me. You yeah, for thanks, sure, Blake. Chris. Thanks, Tim. Yep. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there.